Hello and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Jeff. And I'm Matt. How you guys doing this uh, this year? Year two. Year two of Someone Should Make This. Year two. Where's Dan? Dan is a rotating semi-regular. So if he was on every single time, he wouldn't be either rotating or semi-regular. He could have my job. <laughs> we can make that happen. Well, that actually, uh, it's a good point you bring up, though, is that we are going to be making some changes in this year two of the podcast. Uh, we're going to try different things. So, you know, stay tuned. And uh, if things change slightly, don't be uh, surprised or upset. It's going to uh, get think, weird, and but I think it's going to be exciting for everyone. I think it's going to be pretty cool. We have some interesting things planned. So, yeah, yeah just uh, stay tuned for that. Um, Matt, you have been up to some pretty fun stuff this week. You could say I had a magical evening. <laughs> I really, I really what? wanted to hear about this. I really what? wanted to hear about this. Tell, tell us what, what happened. Okay, it, uh, me and Kelsey's six-year anniversary. Holy uh, shit! Happy anniversary! Is that crazy? I, it blows my mind. It is a little bit. Um, so, so we we do this thing where we turn on YouTube, and I, I feel like I've started a lot of anecdotes that way. <laughs> we yeah, spend yeah. a lot of our time on YouTube. I mean, um, look, who doesn't? I think that's probably true, but I, I we definitely do it more than most. Um, we spend a lot of time watching. Uh, Penn and Teller fool us. Mm-hmm. That's and great. It's it's such a good show. Um, and I guess if you don't know, it's Penn, Penn and Teller, famous magicians. They get other magicians on, and they those magicians try to do tricks that fool Penn and Teller, who have been you know in the game for a billion years, and they know basically everything about the business. Um, so we watch that, and Kelsey is like routinely like mind blown by the things she's seeing and and, and i'm occasionally i'll be like what if we went and we saw a magic show like that would be that would be fun wouldn't it? And she's like i don't know i think i would be frustrated yes um, yes 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 yeah <laughs> so uh plot twist she decided to do uh a magic show she like bought the tickets and everything and kind of surprised me with to? it there is a place in chicago downtown called the magic parlor yes Dennis Watkins, my man. Holy shit. Wow, we did not know. No, I this, have been to that show audience. twice. Have you really? Yes. It's so fucking good, isn't it's it? It's so good. Did you get the small room that's kind of like a little stuff? Yeah, we did, did the you? afters. Okay, let me, let's, let's fuck it. Okay, yeah, let's back up. Okay, okay oh, back oh, up. This is... I am so excited for you guys. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we saw this show and we we're like, oh, that's cool. Like the whole, the one of the big selling points of the show is. It's like four, you're with you're in a room with like forty people, right? So it's mm-hmm. small and it's like intimate, as they say. And uh, for for a lot of his tricks, he'll be like, everybody gather around this little table while I do something, and he'll do like a you know a radical fucking card trick, and you're like, you're right there, right? There's like no way to hide anything. I think he might actually be magic. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, because there's so few people there, there's so many chances that you're going to be picked out for tricks. And I got picked out. Kelsey also got picked out. Um, it was just like super fun and like it's it's all uh, cocktail attire so you feel a little fancier than normal. The room has this really like like 1940s feel like it's just like the, the atmosphere is just like like dripping with cool the whole time you're there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this and dude. the Palmer House, which is a very nice hotel downtown. Yeah, it's really cool. It's apparently uh, also uh, got ghosts apparently. Oh, yeah. They all haunted got is the word I was trying to think of. Um, <laughs> got you ghosts. get a bad case. It, it got ghosts in the walls. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, what Jeff was asking me about is there's an after show. You pay an extra like I don't know, like twenty, thirty bucks or something, and you get an even more intimate like thirty minute show around this like even smaller table. 
Um, it was, there was, in our case, there was like 15 to 20 of us in this little room. And he just does like really cool sleight of hand tricks um, and uh, does a little quick uh, Q&A session and then sends you on your way. And it's just like super, like, I don't know, like it's, it was just a super cool atmospheric few hours that uh, delighted the hell out of us. It was a great time. That's amazing. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. Uh, my wife's birthday's coming up. I'm 100% going to do this. Uh, and so I'll report back and, and uh, yeah, join you in uh, the excitement. Yeah. You, it's do, real good. Do not hesitate. Like, you have to do the after show. Like, it's late. Yeah. I don't know how good you guys are. Like, me and yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, we can do late. Me and Kelsey cannot do late, and it didn't matter. Like, we were just so into it. Like, yeah. And, in fact... Like Kelsey falls asleep at like nine o'clock almost every single night. So the mm-hmm. fact that the after show started at 11 was like, oh no, she didn't think yeah. she could make it. Didn't matter <laughs> at all. And then as we were walking out, we were like, let's like have some drinks and like, just like sit around, like talk about what happened. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. It was that's, really good. Uh, that's great. So, um, the first, uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, Dennis Watkins, little, little, backstory on him he was he, on Penn and Teller I wanted to get that out there oh that's really part of the re- that's part of the reason why we decided to go is we we're like let's see if he's like done anything and we we're like oh shit he did Penn and Teller this fucking thing we watch like every that's night. awesome mm-hmm. um so he's I think third generation close-up magician and he played Harry Houdini complete with all of the escape stuff for the house theater there in Chicago uh this must have been 10 years ago now oh really um but the dude is fucking accomplished yeah, he's he's he not like not only is he a great magician, which you would expect. He's like his just ability to put on a show is so mm-hmm. good. Um, he's very charismatic. Yeah, very fun to watch. Um, I don't want to draw this out. It was great. That's I think, awesome. I think uh, everybody should go if you have the chance. It's it's a super unique experience and very fun. Yeah, it's a Chicago must do for sure. Well, I have um, definitely some things to add, but I'm not going to do that quite yet because you might be. Uh, might be returning to it a little bit later. Okay. I have something. Show. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, so I, I play Beat Saber. This is something I do. And one of the tracks on there is my absolute favorite. It's called What the Cat. And it's really hard. It's kind of insane. And today, an hour before we started recording, I got a perfect combo on hard and rocketed up to 252nd in the world. Damn. That's cool. Two 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 hundreds on Beat Saber is no small accomplishment. All my other ones are like fourteen hundred, eighteen hundred, but this one, I'm up there, man. I was so did you I was do shaking. I was so any excited. modifiers? Uh, not on that run. So, um, what the cat is part of an artist called Camellia, or Camellia, and um, there was a recent update to Beat Saber. They added three more of their tracks, so now there's mm-hmm. like a full album of just their work. All of them are significantly harder than everything else in Beat Saber. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing expert on a lot of like OST2, OST3 songs in Beat Saber, but these ones I have not been able to get past hard. And this is the first one of their songs that I've been able to get a perfect combo on. I was shaking with excitement. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, who's got an idea for this week? Well, I, for our year two uh, first episode, I guess. I don't know if we do it like that. I'm gonna come out swinging, cause, cause I got I got an idea that I'm pretty excited about. Um, it is a uh, 
I think so. This was inspired by a conversation we were having. I, I don't remember if it was on the show and it got edited out or if we were just having a conversation in the break room. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about like a VR airplane game at some point. And I mm. had to step away because my, my <laughs> mind was just going wild. And I was like, I got to write this down because it's a good idea. I think idea. that was that was last week or the week before because it was um, we were talking about uh, Porco Rosso or something like that. The game pitch that Danish did. That sounds about right. Yeah. It wasn't in the episode, was it? It might have been. No, I don't no, think I think, so. I think that got cut. Okay. So uh, here's my idea then. You are, you and a friend in VR uh, are flying airplane and an airplane like like there's probably a pilot seat and a gunner seat uh you are also robots and uh, <laughs> uh, uh in one hand you have a pistol and in the other hand you have a grappling hook and okay. you can i guess it's your hand but you can if you choose to you can fire your hand at things and grab them um the idea is it is a cooperative dogfight game where not only do you fly the plane around and shoot, but either player or both players can start like climbing around on the plane. So, uh, oh, cool. Yeah. I so like it's, I did, I did I mention it's also like competitive, not competitive, but like, you know, multiplayer deathmatch type thing. Like team okay. based. Yeah. Yeah. Team based. But, uh, you and you and a friend are a team against, you know, mm-hmm. other people. There, I'm sure there's, there's, there's any number of like, uh, game types you could add to this. Right, but right, let's, right. let's talk about the core mechanics. Um, so, uh, one of the, th- I want there to be like this sort of like scavenging aspect to it because one of the things I want there to be possible is I want to be able to physically grapple over to an enemy plane and like start just like ripping parts off their plane and like stashing <laughs> yeah. them in my little like robot backpack or something. I don't know. Um, and Kinda then like apex legends meets a uh, robo recall. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like even, uh, well, I'll get to that later. Um, and then one of the other main mechanics is I thought it'd be cool if let's say, okay, let's say I grapple to the enemy plane and I'm just like ripping parts off and maybe I'm stashing some of them and other ones I'm just like throwing into the propellers to try to do damage to their plane or whatever. And I'm <laughs> shooting the pilot or, you know, any dumb thing. Mm. Um, and they ended up taking me down. I should, since I'm a robot, this is why I'm a robot. I would want to transfer my consciousness back to my own plane and my plane will then use its own spare parts to reconstruct me in my spot. Um, Whoa. Okay. So this, I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. So like, and if we run out of parts, the plane will actually like start ripping parts of itself off in order to reconstruct me. So that's sort of like how the health bar works. Um, so if I, if I, what if the, I don't want you to come back? <laughs> I mean, you can say Ouch. that to me. Maybe maybe it's up to you. Maybe it's like uh maybe it's like two switches. We both have to press the switch in order to uh, get me back. But I mean, you're going to be at a severe disadvantage if you're trying to fly the plane and yeah, somebody grapples so. you. It's but you like might one also of those be at a disadvantage if the tail section goes missing because you respawned. Yeah, I, I imagine the plane sort of has like this like frame to it that it, it kind of always works, and maybe it loses viability over time. But it's it's never just like. Oh, I can't. It's never. It's never just like broken, right? Like it's, it's the hmm. uh, minimum viable plane. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like a total like shell of a plane. And if you take a couple more hits, you're out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was. So I was telling Kelsey this idea, and she was like, "Oh, this needs to. There needs to be a way where if I grapple to an enemy plane, and one of the enemies grapples up on the wing to where I am, it kind of turns into gang beasts." We're, oh, yeah. we're just trying to like throw each other over the edge of the plane. I was yes. like, yes, this is, that is perfect. That is the energy I'm going for with this game. 
Um, so yeah, that's the basics. Uh, a lot of it's grappling around, a lot of I, ripping shit apart. Okay. Uh, one thing. What if they were? Okay. When you let's back up. What kind of plane are you actually imagining? Are you thinking like a biplane? Are you thinking like what? what describe the actual plane itself. Uh, so uh, yeah, this it's interesting you bring that up because it, that's one of the ideas I was really trying to nail down, and I I like the idea of. It's, it's like a really cartoony plane where the robots are like almost comically big in it. Um, mm-hmm. So like if you imagine like the main fuselage of the plane with two almost like R2-D2 style heads sticking out is like the basic uh, formation of it. And then just like straight wings coming out the sides with a propeller on front. That's kind of what I'm imagining. And yeah. the wings really serve as like a platform for being grappled on onto. So they would um, almost be oversized, just like the robots for, like the proportions of the plane. Yeah, it's a, it's it's very cartoony proportions in order to serve you know these the mechanics of the game. Um, Holy I, shit, Matt! Did you just make Sea of Thieves in air, in the <laughs> in the air? Yeah, except uh, there's like stuff to do. Yeah, it's well, it's also <laughs> just fired. It's also just uh, battle focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that doesn't need to be. That doesn't need to be i mean there, there there could be a single player game in here but i do think like all the most interesting things would happen in multiplayer with people trying to like you know grab like do weird tricks like imagine two players both try like like i imagine i our team fails when our plane gets destroyed not necessarily when we get destroyed that's kind of where the whole uh scrapper uh rebuilding mechanic comes in Mm -hmm. um so as long as we can keep our plane alive we're good but if we really wanted to do like a hail mary play maybe both of us grapple to the fight like the last remaining enemy plane and just try to beat the shit out of it before our plane you know crashes and burns or whatever (laughs) so this uh, is kind of a battle royale situation yeah i mean like a uh maybe like lives based or something yeah, because you're respawning. So it'd be like everybody has, like, if they're base plane, they can respawn four times, and then you're just playing to the death. Yeah, that would be the most basic version of this game. There, I mean, there, okay. like I said, there could be there could be game modes. I'm Do sure you see this as, like, massive? Like, are there are there 30 teams flying around the air, like World War II style? Or oh, I'm, I'm imagining, style? like, like, six teams. I don't want it to be that crazy. Huge. Okay. Okay, so here's my uh, take on it is I want you guys and our listeners at home to Google Castle in the Sky planes. So the Miyazaki movie Castle in the Sky, uh, there's lots of dog fighting, that's the planes. And there's like awesome, weird looking planes of all kinds of like shapes and sizes. And right off the bat, uh, this is the this is the aesthetic that I'm after for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. So the but the one thing specifically I want to talk about is what if they were like kind of big like flying fortress style planes so there's a little bit more to grapple onto and actually like traverse around you know that's and, a, that's a good point because one of the one of the things i was kind of struggling with is like if, if they're these little planes these little like nimble planes it would be really fucking hard to grapple onto another plane yeah 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 and well, making uh, the yeah, plane you'd have big to, and, like have heavy auto aim and and make yeah it feel gamey yeah or we make it these just like big flying fortresses and shit, and then it kind of works itself out. Right. And the other thing I wanted to, just as a touchstone, is uh, episode two of The Mandalorian when he's crawling up the uh, sand, when he's like grappling up the sand crawler. Like <laughs> yeah. that would be like an awesome kind of like uh, action beat 
to try to replicate in the game where like a guy's crawling up your her uh, your flying fortress and you're like throwing shit down at him or whatever and yeah so i think that would be super cool too well yeah. now that's almost making me want a game where maybe there are these giant ai fortresses flying around because i do like the right. the idea of me and a friend in one little plane that's nimble and like we don't feel like sort of hamstrung by the size of the plane but then also having these just like giant fortresses flying around that are maybe hard to take down like like maybe mario 3 ass yeah yeah, like that's maybe a couple teams will actually work together in order to take this down but then once it comes to the to the point of actually like scavenging maybe there's like upgrades or something in there too that you can fight over like things like that could really go a long way to make it more interesting so i'm seeing this this orchestra of mechanics play out where there's this huge flying fortress and all the planes are kind of circling around it but then all the co-pilots or the gunners are like down on this thing fighting for scrap like fighting each other while the people like the pilots have stayed in their planes and they're like having a separate dog fight but like people are moving back and forth fluidly between the two like that yeah, and i think really that fucking amazing we talked about this in the my porcaroso pitch but there was a moment in that movie where they run out of bullets and they're just throwing hunks of junk from the plane yeah, at each other yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah it's kind of that same thing too. I'm just, that must have like sunk into my brain because yeah, I, right. I i did imagine just like ripping chunks yeah. of the enemy's <laughs> plane and throwing it forward into their own like propeller right. to try yeah, to yeah. damage the plane out yeah. Um, One um, another thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about the respawn mechanic, where it's like actually taking resources from your plane, is that maybe you always have this grapple hook in your left hand or whatever, but maybe your right hand is like randomized from the plane parts, so it does something different every time you respawn. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know about random, but I do like the idea of different abilities that you can. Yeah, I, I attach I, to your arm. I like the plane almost having a set. Like, what if? What if the plane has a machine gun on the front of it and I could just like rip that off and put it on my right hand? And yeah. now my, yeah, my yeah, pilot's yeah. like, well, I don't I don't have one of the guns, but I can now like fly around with a machine gun and have a little more mobility. Yeah. It could almost be like a balancing mechanic where like you if you know, if you're not a great player, you could build your way up. So like the more you die, you just grab the bigger and bigger stuff to kind of balance that out. What if Getting back to this idea of like pulling parts of the plane off in order to like put them on yourself. What if the plane actually, you know, the plane has guns on it. The plane also has grapples on it. So like what if I could grapple our plane to an enemy plane and then that way we can both get out and either it may be the grapples used. Maybe we could like climb up the rope that we have just like grappled on the other. That's really cool. The other That's airplane. cool. And then it could be a fun situation where like you've done the mission to like dis- uh, you know, disable the plane. It's about to crash and you have to like hurry back to yours and detach before yeah. it yeah, takes and, you down. And with you it. could do like a, like a mad desperate jump and hope that you yeah. get back on your plane. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. There's, there's, Tom there's, Cruise the game. What you could uh, there's tons of stuff you could do. Like even if it was like uh like one of the uh like the planes that have the two split wings, like one above the other. Could you just like grab wings and basically make yourself into a wingsuit so you could glide around or something? That's cool. Like tear up a biplane for that. That would be yeah. super cool. Yeah, and all these parts you could just tear off of enemy planes too and like put them on yourself. That's really cool. You know what you could do too, if you wanted to do a single player component, this feels a lot like a scrolling bullet hell game. 
So you could oh, do God. just that where like all this stuff is happening and you're able to like jump out and do these things to attack. Well, it's the basically other you're, you're kind of describing the missile levels in Contra. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> like you're, you're in this tiny little plane and you're flying up to just a massive yeah. flying fortress that just dominates your screen and you're trying yeah, to yeah. accomplish some goal. But then like, so you have that and it's like two player co-op, but like, what if you had the same six teams doing co-op in that like 3D VR bullet hell game? Like that would just be awesome. I'm into that. And the competition could just be like, who does the most damage to Yeah, it's points. Yeah, yeah. To the boss. That's cool. I really I, like I, I feel like there's there's gotta be games where a objective appears in the middle of a multiplayer game and then everyone has to then team up sort of that that's happened before in other games, right? I feel um, like there's a Battle phone Front? game that does that. Phone game, yeah. Phone I, game. I play this game Brawl Stars, which now that I think about hmm. it, would be kind of a cool model for this. There's they it, it rotates out game types uh, like a couple times every day. You get to, you get to choose from like uh, six different game types, and yeah. uh, every eight hours, I think it'll switch to a different game type. One of them is generally it's. Uh, you know, uh, last man standing, last team standing type stuff. But one of them is on a big board where uh, a giant robot will spawn at random on a different part of the board. And he's so overpowered that, you know, all the teams will kind of, I don't want to say team up because you're definitely still trying to like screw each other over. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, once the robot dies, he drops all these like upgrade uh, modules, I guess. And then it, and then it's sort of like, okay, we just fought together to take him down and now we're fighting each other to try to get to these upgrade modules. Like it turns that's, on a dime that's, like that. That's, really that's cool. almost exactly what I was going to pitch with this game where a giant like behemoth plane comes down or, you know, and then same thing. Yeah, it shifts a little bit so that everyone takes that down and back to uh, regular multiplayer after that. Well, yeah. I think the, uh, I think the game type types are sort of endless with this. Um, yeah. I, I think someone should make it. Someone should make it. Yeah, this is great. This was awesome. Someone should make this. Um, cool. I'll go next because mine's going to be pretty fast. Um, it's not really a game. It's uh, it, You know what? It's actually most like Animation Genie, uh, one of the games we talked about last week in our uh, year-end thing, where it's it's almost more like a teaching tool. but And it also ties back to your magic experience, Matt. Um, yes. So... I, you may or may not know that I'm super into card tricks and magic tricks. And I actually know a number of card tricks and magic tricks. I've been teaching myself for the last couple of years. Um, there's a number of YouTube tutorials uh, on how to do card tricks. It's like a dime a dozen. You can find them anywhere. There's one guy I really like. His name is Chris Ramsey. There's a couple other ones like Brian Brushwood does an awesome ones. In fact, Brian Brushwood is on Fool Us uh, with, a, with a cool trick. Um, and so I would just... I love to do things with my hands. Like I always get into these little niche hobbies. Like for a couple of years, I would practice a ton with like a butterfly knife and I could, I learned all these tricks and stuff. And then I got into cards, sleight of hand stuff. Anyway, uh, it's something I really like. And I feel like now with VR and hand tracking, mm. it's like perfect. It's a perfect match to really learn sleight of hand tricks. And so the way that it would work is so in, in a YouTube video, you look at it and you're like, you're trying to get a sense of what it is. Sometimes the angles off, sometimes their hands are not super clear and you have to like, you really have to work at it and it, you have to like kind of rewind it over and over again. But imagine if you had these floating uh, hands in your VR space that you put your hands into 
and you know exactly the hand, the finger motions and stuff you have to do. And the other thing about card tricks is that you kind of have to practice them in a mirror because um, a lot of them depend on the exact angle for your palm or different parts of your hand to actually cover the crimes, you know, like the little handoffs or the whatever, mm-hmm. the palming. Like, I don't really do it. I don't really do it in front of mirrors. I just practice the motions a lot. And whenever I actually perform in front of somebody, I'm always a little bit nervous because I don't actually know the real angle I'm supposed to be at because I don't do it in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, this would solve that because uh, there would be almost like this little uh, detector that can see, like, imagine like you have a car that's like glowing bright green or something. And then you have your motion you have to make with your hand and you do the motion. And then it might like play a playback an animation of like a, a basically a 3d recording of what you did except you can see it from the you know um audience's point of view and you can see if you're flashing that green uh card if you could see oh i saw it between like and of course the game itself would say no you got a b because i saw it for a split second like the, the game is going to be like this you know total like stickler right of difficulty like how perfect you are so that's the basic idea there's tons of applications to it um Another thing I want to mention is like all these YouTube videos that teach tutorials, they're not really inventing these. These are like, you know, decades old, centuries old card tricks that are written in these old books. But what they're doing quite helpfully is going through these old, old magic books and learning them themselves and then teaching them through video, which is a better way of learning it. Well, not only this that, be- but preserving them. Yeah. preserving them this would be the next step like an even better way of ter- teaching them through hand tracking vr now that's the idea i want to just do a side tangent a little bit and go like this doesn't need to be this does not need to stop at magic tricks a couple of years ago me and my daughter uh she i was teaching her the idea of sign language and we kind of learned a few signs together and we were having a lot of fun like learning sign languages for hey this is how you say good morning good night and pizza and bur- burgers and fries and whatever and uh, it ended up being kind of annoying to find good um, uh, sign language resources. They were all like expensive. And so hand, so sign language is another perfect example of hand tracking VR teaching you hand emotions. So we kind of flirted with the idea of sign language in Jeff's. Yeah. Uh, in Crash Site. Yeah. yeah Crash Site. Yeah. Except it, that was like more improvised. Yeah. It was. But it was yes. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is, this is good. The only thing I want to say, the only change I want to make is that like you don't need to wait for a replay because it's a game. Like you could just put a mirror, like have a big screen in front. No, that's I, absolutely. But I think there, there should be like a the fi- you could like gamify a it in that, mode or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can gamify it in that like okay, you've learned these things. The, the the computer's judging you. Like okay, I saw a little bit. I saw like I saw ten percent of your card, or I saw five percent of your card. That's acceptable. Anything below 15 is acceptable. Then you perform it. Then you do all the tricks in a row um, against, you know, for an audience. And then you watch it back or something like that. Yeah. The only problem with this is uh, ideally what you want is an actual deck in your hand and at least one tracked card. Because then like the rest of it, because most of the time it's like uh, card mechanics that force a card to the bottom of the deck, top of the deck, like to do different things and. The deck itself doesn't really matter, but the card does. And if the game somehow knew where the card itself was, that would be ideal. Yeah. So I was. Yeah, how do you bury a real card in a virtual deck? Yeah. I was well, gonna, I'm saying that. Yeah. I was going to say kind of that, where like off the bat, I think this 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 game does need the. I mean, anything with hand tracking needs that 
uh, technology to progress a little bit farther because um, right now, even on the quest, like the, the hand tracking's not there yet, right? It's super easy yeah. to lose tracking. And even if you put your hands too close together, it stops detecting them as hands. Like it doesn't right. know what that shape is anymore. So I, I think the obvious caveat of this is like, yeah, like it's not quite there yet. Um, mm-hmm. It's not ideal. So like it's not hard to imagine a version of the hand tracking where like it can just recognize a deck of cards in your hand and maybe even you know be able to extrapolate information about like where the card is located in some way um probably not to like probably not to like 52 cards stacked on top of each other i'm sure that Mm -hmm. might be quite a ways off before it could do that but Mm -hmm. it would also you know i'm sure just as long as you're doing the motions right that's what's important it's about teaching the 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 basics of the motions because i do feel like especially when it comes to sleight of hand I think it is about practicing a few specific moves until you perfect them. And that is like a huge, huge, huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, the, the, the best analog would be like rock band. So uh, it'd be like rock band guitar to real guitar is probably more realistic. But ideally, if you could get up to the level of rock band drums to real drums, that'd be like good enough. You know, oh, yeah. To make sure. Yeah. Um, but even the rock band guitar, like even just the fakey, not really applicable magic tricks, like it still gets your fingers moving in a certain way and kill, still gives you the motion and, and feeling of it. I think that would be, it would feel cool and it'd be fun. And then it would kind of give you some ground levels of at least learning the tricks themselves, you know? Yeah. I wonder if there's a gamified version of this that is just like, like, like you said, like the, like p- playing the guitar in, Guitar Hero isn't playing a guitar. It's yeah. It teaches you a very, very basic thing about the guitar, but the the draw is in the game. So like, I wonder if there's it's the a, feeling of it. Like you feel like it's like air guitar. Like you feel like you're doing right. Something. Yeah, it's like air guitar plus a little bit. And I wonder if there is a version of this that sort of scratches that same itch, where rather than rather than feeling like you are doing these tricks perfectly, you do feel like you are putting on a magic show for somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, this ties back a little bit to my Sackboy charades idea where you are using the virtual toy to do something in real life. So maybe there is some equivalent of a real magic show that people can watch. But of, of course, it's not going to be impressive because... Right, because the game is all do digital. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's why um, that movie The Illusionist is fucking terrible and why the prestige was so good is because one is like, ooh, CG on stage, that's fucking impressive. Or like the prestige where it's like, wow, this is really cool. Anyway, it's yeah. a side tangent. I fucking hated the illusion so much. <laughs> I don't it even was know pretty bad. Is. It's that was Edward the, uh, Norton. Ed Norton, Jessica it came Beale. out the same year as the other one. Is like the, one of the twin movies about magicians. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. It yeah. was completely forgettable because I've right forgotten almost it. all of it. Same thing with like Now You See Me, which is also like silly, but like, Anytime you do a movie about mag- magicians and you use CG, the fuck is a point? Yeah. So I, that's the whole reason why, yes, putting on a magic show in virtual reality not maybe the best idea, but there's still something to the hand tracking training stuff. And I don't know how else you would gamify it. Um, maybe that's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're in some sort of like uh, story mode where you have to do certain objectives or something. I don't know. Just yeah. putting on a show isn't like maybe exciting enough. Maybe there has to be some. Yeah, I don't know. I, that was more of like a food for thought rather than yeah, let's yeah, figure yeah. this out right now. Sure, sure. 
Um, yeah. yeah, for story mode, you could do like you could really play it up. Like maybe you're in a cave and there's this like ancient magician. Maybe it's Merlin and he's going to teach you card tricks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it could be some fun. That's what Merlin's known for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sleight of hand. Hell yeah. Obviously. Um, it could be like some, you know, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I guess maybe the core of it is like these magician magic tricks, but we go more fantastic with it. Like Doctor Strange spells, you know, where you're doing hand motions and stuff. And yeah, that, that could, could be, be fun. Cool. And then I, you just sprinkle some real hand magic in there to kind of give it more... Uh, believability but then also maybe teach you something that could be a fun way to doing it well yeah. i want to learn magic tricks so i love it i love the asl thing like learning well someone should make this awesome someone should definitely oh, yeah. make it and matt I'll, I'll teach you some shit teach me some shit i used to know yeah. some card flourishes well, that's good i did the thing where you could you know you take a deck and you can split it into three little decks and then you like, oh yeah flip their order i did that that's cool it took me like a fucking month to learn <laughs> <laughs> awesome Jeff, what do you got? So I recently finally played Robo Recall. And oh, hell yes. I had a lot of fun with it. I did two or three levels, unlocked the revolver, put a compressor on my shotgun so I can shoot further. Um, it was fun. I liked it. I knew what I was getting into, but it it's the first game I've played that's like really got a nice AAA gloss to it in VR that doesn't feel like super stylized and and easy rendering wise yeah it's got that Mm -hmm. it's got that epic touch to it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well anyway so i was playing that and i was thinking how i've always wanted to do like a like an anti-gun game Mm -hmm. and so i was thinking what if you took robo recall mechanics and you put it into a format like pistol whip where you're moving through a level and it's all about scoring points And what if in this game you have access to guns and stuff, but every time you use a gun, you subtract from your score instead of adding to it. And so the idea is to use physicality, like non-lethal stuff to get through the level, but like it's hard. So, you know, you end up using the gun because it's easy. And so it's kind of making a statement on that, but it's in this wrapper of like a kind of... um, you know, like if Robo Recall was more rhythmic. What if it was like uh, Terminator Two, where you can only shoot people in the knees? Ooh, yeah. Do you remember they actually carried that forward into the NES game? Did they, they really? Not? Yeah, you could. All, you had the only way you could shoot people is by ducking and shooting them in the knees. What happens if you don't do that? <laughs> I don't actually remember what happens if you kill them. Like, I don't know if you can kill them and just like fail the level, like when. Like, John Connor freaks out. I think that's what happened. I don't know if you just can't. But, yes, the only way to actually do it is to duck and shoot him in the um, Did you guys know about the Rambo game that come out, came out a couple years ago? Based a couple years so. ago? Yeah. yeah. No. We call it based on Rambo First Blood. Okay. Um, it retells the story of Rambo. Oh, I think I remember this. Um, it might actually tell... It might actually go through, like, the first couple movies, but... The reason why I bring it up is because there's multiple levels where you are facing off against cops. And um, by the way, it's an on the rails like shooter game, like sort of like a light gun game, except light guns don't work anymore. So you have to like direct control the the reticle with like a mouse or something, depending on what what uh, huh. what console you got it on. Um, but anyway, so there, there's multiple levels where you're where you're up against cops and you have to use a gun 
Um, and you lose points if you kill the cops. But basically yeah. shooting them anywhere but the arms or legs will kill them. And in yeah. one level, they give you a machine gun. And it's like <laughs> impossible to not shoot cops. It's the craziest thing in the See, world. See, that's exactly you're just tearing their arms about. off with machine gun fire. I mean, the, the bullets are going everywhere. So you're like trying yeah. to shoot them in the arms. But like the bullets are just going everywhere. No, but I'm just saying like even if you successfully oh, yeah. did, like it's a machine gun, they just tear them off. <laughs> no, it's so fine though. What if, what if this game is like you have access to like machine guns, shotguns, like super destructive things that are going to subtract your score but what if it's more like horde mode in like um like left for dead or vermintide or something and it's just the sheer number that's overwhelming and makes it easy to go to the gun otherwise you're like doing hand to like that robo recall combat or you're trying to shoot them in the leg disable them something so this like should that. this should be like mind controlled people right because otherwise Oh yeah, because you don't like because the idea is like you don't want to kill them, you just want to disable them. Right, they're they're innocent people, but they're mind controlled or whatever, and they're trying to hurt you, and so you have to disable them somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that, but I don't. I'm not crazy about the horde mode part of it, but I do like that general idea. Yeah, just because we need an excuse to like killing them to be bad, and I don't imagine yeah. the hordes of cops running at you. Um, yeah, yeah. It it reminds me of Mirror's Edge a little bit, the first one. Yes, I was mm-hmm. gonna say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I be- like I, I'm trying to remember. There weren't like points or anything in Mirror's Edge, and I don't think using guns. No, like- it just wasn't very common, and it also wasn't very. It was faster <laughs> to disable them than it was to grab the gun and shoot them, because yeah. to shoot them like you're kind of like standing still or like you're just walking. But like if you're also- disabling them, you could like wall run and kick him in the head. Yeah, and the gunplay was just like super janky in that game. I remember. Yeah, yeah, on purpose. If I recall, that's how you do it. That's how you do yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a simple concept. I just, I just thought it'd be, uh, it'd be nice, and it kind of scratches that, that, that itch I've had to, to make a game with uh, downplaying the gunplay. Yeah, but I, that, your idea is more anti-gun, isn't it? Like yeah. this doesn't scream anti-gun. I can still use a right. gun. You can, but it it subtracts from your score. Sure. What I really feel like is anti-gun is like Quicksilver running around and taking guns away from people. Oh, that would be really cool in VR. Like now that's kind we're of what... something. Yeah, <laughs> Danish, okay, that's good. So... so you can like activate your Quicksilver time and then like run around and, and fuck with shit. And it's like it's like it's once it's like scenario by scenario. Like that um was it like a, a hotel kitchen or whatever scene? And like you can go around and you can like push the guy onto the stove so he burns his butt and you can like move the guy's glass of water over so it splashes the other guy in the face kind of thing yeah hold on i think this game was made the quicksilver game the quicksilver game i remember seeing like no way in vr (laughs) yeah i think so (laughs) really yeah um oh shit jeff's done it again jeff's done it again uh shit what was it because i remember seeing a guy uh, he like opened a door and there was already a bullet being fired at him oh, or, or the bullet was being yeah. fired at somebody else and he ran and put something in the way of the bullet. I know what you're talking about. This is, this is, does exist. Um, there is one game that I'm looking at right now called just in time incorporated. And it's kind of exactly what we're saying where, for example, there's like an old guy crossing the street who's about to get hit by a, by a truck. <laughs> and, oh, nice. And rather than like grabbing, the old man and pulling him out of the street, he's tying a bunch of balloons to him <laughs> to make him float oh, that's away. That's great. 
Uh, I like that. The, the game I was thinking of is called Time Stall, which is on Oculus Quest. And the idea behind that is that you're on this spaceship, and anytime disaster is about to strike, uh, it goes into basically time freeze mode, and then you go and you rearrange objects to avoid catastrophe. And it's it's supposed to be very good, and just the only problem is it's short, and there's not that much going on, but it looks super, super fun. I, I've actually kind of been meaning to get it. I think it's only 15 bucks or something like that. But uh, yeah, time, small, time stall. All righty. Well, Jeff, uh, another one, another <laughs> one of the books. That- so, you know, I just, I want to point out <laughs> that I have repeatedly pitched games that have already come out. And I think I might be like a reverse fortune teller. <laughs> Technically, the uh, Quicksilver idea was my addition to your anti-gun idea. So, so you're the reverse. Yeah. I was the one who <laughs> thought of it, I guess. Well, unoriginally i wish i had the power to say things that already happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> you wish you had the power to look at something like time stall think about buying it and then forget about it and then pretend <laughs> that you came up with this <laughs> it's your idea i think i think this is good because i i feel like we've run into this problem before and we've just avoided it and pretending and pretended that nothing ever happened yeah right but that's yeah. just the reality of things it's no no we're this yeah, is exactly you there are every idea has already been done in some way and the trick is except for hover league League. quick update me and dan are actually working on hover league we're doing a collaboration project in dreams it's awesome we're getting the locomotion locomotion just right so uh we'll have some more updates for you on that so hover league incoming shortly not really shortly it's probably going to be a year (laughs) but anyway (laughs) if ever but Anyway, every idea has been done. The trick is to do it in new and interesting ways. And um, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you um, just can't actually, do that. we just—I don't know if we said this on air, but um, one of our ideas, Matt, uh, hot mess, was made in dreams. Oh, I saw that. We were we were that was an idea that we were keeping close to the chest because we knew that's it true. was gold. Wait, yeah. wait. When you say hot mess, are you talking about tipping point? Yeah. Ah, oh, shit, really? Alternate name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah tipping point I guess I don't know if we even said what that is. Like Basically, it's, it's a waiter game where you are uh, waiting tables and you're taking uh, bowls of soup or <laughs> hot things, liquid things to uh, your, you know, customers and you have to avoid obstacles, but it's all motion controlled in VR and you have to make sure that the liquid doesn't tilt. And But anyway, someone on a did it in dreams. I, think. I mean, they didn't, for a couple things, they didn't make it liquid. It's just actual, like, precariously balanced things on a on a serving tray okay and they didn't do the modifiers we talked about being a cruise ship outer space transporting radioactive material Mm -hmm. all these (laughs) things that we discussed so maybe there's room for it but another thing this is a theme on this podcast of um, more things that they've made that we've thought about yeah you just can't win yeah and on that note that'll do it for this week's episode of someone should make this thanks for listening you can tweet at us at at make this podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, also, if you have a game idea, a pitch, or think a game that we pitched already exists, give us an email at someone should make this podcast at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. You can hear more of their music at mariachimes.com. Until next week, we've done the hard part. Now someone should make it. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey Jeff, think yeah. of a number between 1 and 10. 4. No, it was three.